What's up everybody, Michael Johnson here. And today we have a special guest. I am so excited to have you meet Sarah Block. She is an inbound marketing expert who focuses on an education-based approach to marketing for small and medium-sized businesses and solopreneurs. Her approach to marketing systems makes it easy for tiny teams to have a big impact. And guys, I am so excited for you to meet her and for us to learn everything we can about her while we have her on the show. So let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, it's always so fun when I can bring somebody on the show that is doing some incredible things for your clients and the world. And uh, it's so cool. I've... uh, taken a little time to do some research of my own about you and Hello, find out David. more about what you're up to. And uh, and I'm excited to share with the audience out there what you're up to, how you're changing the world, how you're making an impact. And uh, so we're excited to jump into it. But before we get into some of that stuff, we've got to talk a little bit about how you got into the marketing game, how you got into this whole mess. You know, where did this all begin? How did you start down this road? This whole mess. Well, okay. My first job out of college was, well, I graduated in 2007. So it was right in like the heart of the recession. So my first job out of college was in marketing and I always intended to be in marketing. I'm a storyteller and an educator at heart. And I think marketers are teachers. That's our job. So it's where I went. And of course I got laid off like everyone else in 2009. (laughs) Right. So I started teaching in higher ed because I had my master's. And um, from there, I worked for a seven-company business as a one-person marketing department. And that's where tiny marketing really got its – It's like if it was a superhero, that would be its origin story because that's where I built my systems to be able to get the most from marketing when you don't have a lot of resources. Right. And yeah, I've been in marketing for 15 years now and tiny marketing – full-time started it two years ago. Nice. I love it. And this idea of tiny marketing is, is so cool. I love it. You know, and it makes a lot of sense, you know, having a small team and having to figure it out. What were some of the biggest challenges when you were in that scenario, when it was you and you just had to figure out how to make it work? Oh, the hardest part is having seven bosses, seven (laughs) presidents and anybody who works in-house knows that you get a lot of ideas thrown at you. The sales team, admin, presidents, they all have their ideas of what marketing should be. And then you're you're in a position where you're like, I either have to say no or I have to figure this out. <laughs> so I build a system around it. And what I did is I created like, core marketing. This is the core piece of content that we're going to create every month for each one of those businesses. 
we'll repurpose it so we're always showing up for our audience and adding value. And then because I was able to systemize that aspect of it, I was able to take on some of the projects that they would bring to me. Right. Um, they had their ideas. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine dealing with the seven headed dragon. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. So before we get too far into, into the marketing and some more of your story, what was it that was was like your rabbit hole moment about marketing? Why marketing? I mean, a lot of people go into a lot of different topics and subjects. What was your thing that you were like, oh man, I got to do marketing. This is, this is my thing. Like way back in the day, I honestly decided I wanted to be in marketing and in high school. Really? Way back then wanting to do it. Yeah. I have always been a writer, always loved writing. And I knew that that would be a big piece of the pie in marketing. So that was my main motivation to be in marketing is I can be a writer that gets paid if I work in marketing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that was my motivation. Hey, that's a great start. I didn't have a clue about marketing when I was in high school. I, it was, I think it was all about graduating at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, great. So then when you were in college, did you study marketing and, and mm -hmm. do that specifically? Yeah, I specifically studied marketing and then, um, well, I started working for that company. And while I was there, I got my master's in writing. And that's when it really spearheaded into, at the time, content marketing didn't exist, but I called it right. education-based marketing. And yeah. I just built a marketing formula around educating prospects and helping them solve their problems, add value for them. Right. And um, years later, it was called content marketing. So here we yeah. are. Here we are, no doubt. I mean, so much has changed uh, in in yeah, the last ten years alone. I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah, and what content marketing is back then, it was just blogging, and right. I was working as a marketer when Facebook was just launching, Twitter right. was just launching, and that I was able to be in beta mode with both of them. Right. And um, I was able to build in those those systems and repurposing with those way back then. How do you feel the difference is between what they're teaching about marketing in college and what it actually really is nowadays? <laughs> well, I went to DePaul and I don't know if every school is this way, but they focused a lot on PR in their marketing program. I see. So, I learned a ton about PR and they focus also a lot about economics and pricing, which is an aspect of marketing, but it wasn't the aspect that I was interested in. <laughs> um, sure. PR, PR does align a little bit more with content marketing, but it was very broad. It right. wasn't giving you, well, back then digital marketing was brand freaking new. Right. So they weren't teaching that at all. I'm sure they are now. Right. <laughs> but it evolves so quickly. I don't even think you really need a degree in marketing to get into marketing. You could have a degree in whatever you want. Just continuously educate yourself and stay on top of what's happening today. You don't need a degree. Sure. Sure. Well, and it's it seems like <clears throat> a lot of stuff that's going on in the school system is is uh 
having a hard time keeping up with the with the pace of the internet, with the pace of information going out there. And it, it's, that. it's it's hard, right? Because like you said, in many cases, if you want to learn it and you want to get in it, there's enough information out there to be involved in marketing. I think the big thing is, is that we have a lot of business owners, especially right now that we're talking to, that are looking at it and thinking to themselves, I, yeah, I could learn that, but I don't want to. <laughs> I get that, especially like business owners themselves, you're doing client fulfillment or product development and probably also operations and HR and everything else. Marketing is just one more hat you don't want to wear. And I get that. And marketing is really complex and constantly changing. So don't. (laughs) Right. Well, and there's people like you, thank goodness, that can come to the rescue and kind of help that out so that they don't have to. I uh, Recently, uh, there's been a, a new software that's transitioning into a new version of the software. And, and a lot of us old school that were in the original learned how to do the original. And now we're looking at it again in, into this new version of, the, of it that's coming out. And we're like, no. No, we don't. We don't really want to go through learning all of I'm that. I'm curious what it is. I'm a chronic beta tester. I've tried so many different softwares <laughs> out. <laughs> well, and it's it's uh, it's ClickFunnels, right? ClickFunnels. Oh, is that what you're using? First version was great. You know, you go through the process. It'd been around for eight years. They're doing a 2.0 version, which is incredible and it's amazing. But oh my goodness, the the process to go through and learn the second time around is like, well, I'll just hire somebody to do that this time. I get it. I get it. I have Descript and they just updated and they're oh, I saw completely that. different now. Right. And I'm just trying to fumble my way through it. And But mostly I have my video editor taking care of everything, but sometimes I'll need, you know, spur of the moment something and I need to do it myself. And it I is know. so much different. <laughs> I know that's it's crazy when that happens. And that's that's where as business owners, we have to really leverage the people that are experts at the thing that they're doing, such as what you've done and what you've created. Tell me one of the hardest things that you've experienced in running your own business, being your own boss and 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 being in that space. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'll start with what was easier than I thought it would be. And that was sales. Getting the clients was a lot easier than I thought it would be. And I was terrified and I dragged (laughs) my feet for 10 years thinking I wouldn't be able to make up my salary, but it was easier having that diversified income. I didn't have to, you know, you're constantly when you're working for the man worried that, uh, you know, they have complete control over my life. They can just say, I don't need this position anymore tomorrow. But when you have your own business, you have diversified income and you have what, maybe one client that might leave their budget gets reduced. They can't afford you anymore, but three more will come in. It's a lot easier than I thought. But the thing that is hard is the hats right? Um, and the growing pains, because it was fairly easy for me to get enough contracts to make up my salary. I did it before I left, got all those contracts in order before I left my full-time job. And so I had that set. And then once I launched full-time, I started getting more clients, but it was 
then I had to add people to my team to help me fulfill all of the, all of these needs. And that was really hard was being able to figure out how to manage people on top of just launching a business right on top of client fulfillment. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely a challenge. What do you think is the biggest uh, challenge in hiring people, you know, as you were starting to get people to do what your expertise was, I mean, it's, yeah. there's definitely some difficulties there. What, what, what did you experience? The biggest challenge in hiring people, one, a lot of people apply, but not a lot of people are qualified. So right. sifting through the people who have applied to figure out who are, who are the gems in the bunch Right. I wish that there was an easier way than to just go through each of their portfolios, run test projects with them. I recommend make it a slow step-by-step process hiring someone. Don't just right. bring someone on full-time. What has worked for me, and whenever I ignore this gut feeling that this is what I should do, it always <laughs> blows up in my face. But I always start off every relationship with, smaller projects that are really self-contained and they're for my own business and not a client. So if they aren't hitting the mark on that, then I won't move them forward with client-facing work, but I'm the one who takes the hit and not anyone else. Right. What do you think uh, at this stage in the game have been two of your best hires that you've, you've done? Hmm. Uh, Two. See my team has been with me for a couple years now. So that's so hard to say. But um, Ashton and Sylvia, my digital marketing manager who does all of the like back end of my clients stuff, she'll put in your she'll do your your blog management, and she'll schedule out your social media, all of that. She has been wonderful. And Sylvia, she is social media manager and video editor. And she's on top of it. They've They're both, what makes them special is that they're so on top of it. It's like they intuitively know what I need because we've been working together for a while and the communication is there where if they have questions, they come straight to me. They're not afraid to talk to me. And I think that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, being able to create and develop a a solid team. And, you know, there was a changeover a number of years ago when Zappos came on the scene and they started talking about company culture. And yeah, they're huge with that. Oh, my goodness. You know, changing the layout in the office and making sure that your your team was happy. And, you know, there were employers all over the world going, wait, we have to be concerned with our people being happy. People happy? What? That's why quiet quitting is a thing. It's because no one's happy. That's right. That's right. It's crazy. All right. Well, let's dig into a little bit of uh, some of the fun, juicy marketing stuff. What would you say is one of your favorite uh, marketing strategies in today's climate? Hmm. Um, Let's see. Well, I would say it's going to sound so stupid, but video is huge Yeah, because you can use it at every step of the funnel. Right. So 
it's not like a today's day. I mean, you video's been around for a while, but the thing that I like about using video as part of your content marketing strategy is that it's a great core piece of content because it can be repurposed in so many different ways. Sure. You can strip the audio, make it a podcast. You can cut it down into reels or TikToks, put it on YouTube, write a blog about it. There's so much you can do with it. You can create a course out of it. You can monetize it. Um, that's why I love video. And then you can also create like a personalized experience with it. If you're using a tool like Bonjoro or a story prompt where you're having one-to-one conversations with customers and prospects via video asynchronously, which is nice. Right. How in the world does a business owner even begin to understand what they should do. I mean, you could easily get lost in the weeds of all of that and, and not know what direction to start on because it all sounds great. It sounds like you need all of it. And when you look at some of the big players out there, they are doing all of it. Yeah. So you where do you, how do you even decide where to start? Well, okay. So the people who have been doing it for a while, they've created this content engine. I mean, for my business, my team, they're all contractors. They're part-time. Nice. And I'm my only person. <laughs> I am the only full-time employee. But I have this complete content engine. And people are always asking me, how do you constantly create content? How are you doing that? But really, I've just got that one piece of content that I create all the time. And then I have created a system to repurpose it and it's all done at the same time all sure. of the editing's done at one time and then scheduled out by the pros i have a podcast manager who puts it up on buzzsprout and distributes it that way and edits it i have a video editor and she'll cut it down into reels and tiktok and put it up on youtube um set it up on on Streamyard so it goes live on certain channels and then I'll write long form blog posts from it. You could even take these interviews that you're doing and put them together into a book with expert opinions. There's so much you could do, but just start with the one thing, the one thing you're willing to commit to doing once a month. Let's say that one thing is interviewing an expert within your industry and you're just doing it once a month. Maybe it's a half hour. That can feed your marketing for two months easily with the right repurposing strategy. And it won't take up your time. And it'll be a tiny amount of money sending it out to several different experts to do quickly and accurately because they're the experts. Right, right. I love that. And and a great way for them to get started and get in. I, I oftentimes through my journey have heard entrepreneurs say, you know, I don't really need marketing. Uh, I'll get to that. What are your thoughts about that concept? I'm biased for sure. <laughs> um, I would say I've seen many companies actually, I mean, I fully believe in marketing, but I've seen many companies survive without marketing for years and then realize like, especially when COVID hit, they need marketing. You can't go by word of mouth forever. That dies off eventually. And you might have some word of mouth, but it's not a system. 
it's not going to sustain your sales forever. You need to have marketing to feed your sales system if you want to be profitable. It, there's no. no other way about it. It's a systemized way to sell without having a human out there talking about you all the time because your marketing talks about you all the time. Right. Yeah. Who would you say are some of the mentors or greats in the marketing world that, that you've looked up to and that kind of led you down the path of, of being a great marketer? Well, I love Anne Hanley. She's a beautiful writer and an amazing speaker. I love her. And Donald Miller is amazing. I love story brand and the concept of always making your customer the star of the story. Nice. Yeah. And that's, I think that oftentimes gets overlooked because you get these companies that want to focus on themselves and they, they forget that it's really about the customer. It's really about yeah. the person you're talking to. And, and so they, they get focused. And how do you balance the, the side of it where you should tell your story and make it relatable and make the story sell your thing and balancing that with it being about your customer? How do you go about doing yeah. that? I think that everything should be through the lens of the customer. Like this is your problem and this is how I've solved it before. So if you're telling your own story, it needs to relate to the customer, their story and their problems. Because I mean, you're the guide, you're the guide in, in the story, you're, you're the Yoda and you can still tell your story as long as you're putting yourself as, you know, that person who's holding the other person's hand and showing them the way. Right. Right. That makes sense. What do you feel like is the hardest part about getting uh, entrepreneurs and business owners to understand that that's what has to happen? I've got, I feel like sometimes it's a, a, it's a brick wall when you're talking to them like, hey, we've got to put time into your story and we've got to put time into that brand that you're building. What have you found as challenges in, in dealing with that? I feel like today a lot more people understand the importance of that and it's becoming less and less difficult to sell that and to yeah. explain that. Um, I do work with a decent amount of companies that are in manufacturing and construction and those industries are finding it a little more difficult to, they're slower to, to add in marketing. Marketing is their last hire. Right. Which is why they're working with me because I'm their like, <laughs> they don't do that in house often. Right. Right. And they also aren't sure what they should really be doing. I mean, a lot of them are still all about the postcards. And so it takes testing. That's how I get them to to see the vision is let's just test this out. Let's see how right. it goes. And if if it's successful, then we'll keep going. But I mean, that's marketing for you. It's a lot yeah. of testing to see what works for your particular audience, tweaking it and then testing again until you find the right thing. Right. Right. And I, I feel like that's a, a really challenging piece is I think a lot of times they, you know, 
customers and clients will come on and they'll say, I want it to work now. And you're like, well, but we don't know until yeah, we try right. it out. We right. Exactly. Every audience is different and it makes it a little bit easier if you're working with a marketer who works with multiple companies within your niche or your right. industry, because you have a similar audience and um, so they've already tested out a lot of the marketing and they have a good idea of what works for your, for your niche. Sure. But in-house you're likely looking at testing out and seeing what works. I even like, I work with a ton of marketing companies. I partner with other agencies and marketing products and I still test out a lot of things on myself to see what works. Like, right. I, uh, I'm constantly looking at the analytics and seeing what really converts and I'll try out different lead generators. And, um, you know, eventually you figure out, okay, this is getting me the biggest return by like a long shot. So I'm going to keep doing this thing. And then you replicate the thing that's working. It's amazing how many times there are things that are working and, and entrepreneurs are like, yeah, that worked. And then they move on to something else. And you're like, but that worked. Like, yeah. why did you stop you doing this thing? And then like, you can go beyond that. When you find that thing that works, marketing's evolving constantly. Sure. But there are commonalities with different pieces of marketing that you'll be able to pull in into, like, let's say webinars work. I'll just say for my experience, Partnership webinars are like, bing, that's right. where I find my people. That's where I get the most leads. That's where I get a ton of conversions, partnership webinars. And that's video-based and that's me teaching something. So that tells me what other types of marketing will work for my audience and what they like. So I can decipher the other types of marketing that will work for them based off that. Sure, sure. What are, you know, we, we had talked about this briefly before we started this interview and I want to kind of like rehash it and go back to it, but you talked about loving the operations and loving that side of it. I want to dig into that a little bit. What is like one of your favorite operational strategies uh, in business be like today? Yes, I do love a good system. So I will, well, let me just explain like what my strategy is for my own business and how I do it for other people. I've already mentioned that core piece of content and repurposing. Right. So I have that, but I also make sure that all of my team that's involved in that project is in my project management tool. So all communication is in one place. Everything that can be automated is everything that can be templated is, and it's automatically created saving me a ton of time. Right. And when it's time to pass the baton to the next person, that's automated too. As soon as someone hits that chuck mark, the next person's notified. And so that's a major part of my system. Huge. And then batching is another one. Mm -hmm. If I like doing a little bit of content every day might work for some people, but when you are when you own your own business and you're doing so many other different things it makes more sense to choose one day where you're creating your marketing and you schedule it out throughout the month have it all done in that one day i like to call it an in-house retreat 
And <laughs> what I nice. do, yeah, I have it like a chill day where I'm super relaxed and all I'm doing is heads down in creative mode, putting together marketing, and then I'll hand it off to my VA to schedule it all. It's scheduled throughout the month, but it's all done. And then I can focus back in on my clients. That's amazing. I love that. And I, I'm a huge fan of of doing it in batches as well. I, I've always loved that approach. What do you do with your clients to get them to be able to do that? I know in a lot of cases, it's hard to get a huge amount of content set up and ready. How do you go about getting them prepared for that? Also batched. Um, I do it quarterly, quarterly planning with my con with my clients. So every quarter with my reoccurring retainer clients, I have a meeting and we determine what content we're creating that quarter. I put together the briefs, they approve them, and then I'm off running. I can just go create. But wow. yeah, so batch it quarterly. That's great. I mean, and, and I think that's a, a fear, you know, with that becoming a bit more of a, a normal concept. I, I, I feel like you hear the concept and idea of batching, but I think... I also hear entrepreneurs talking about it and like, oh, I can't do that. I can't, I wouldn't be able to come up with all of that stuff in one day or in one. one... You workshop it. It makes yeah. it a lot easier. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting there on a call like this with my client and we're spitting out ideas sure. and just jotting them all down. And then we whittle it down into what we're going to be creating based off of their business goals if they have any publication dates, any webinars coming up, anything like that. And we whittle it down to what we're going to be creating. And it's all done within an hour. <laughs> That's wow. all it takes. I love that. I love that. So all of you out there that are worried about whether or not you can do this, whether you could batch your content and get it all ready. I mean, listen to this. She's got it down. She's got it figured <laughs> out. And, and she can do it for you guys. Um Tell me a little bit about, okay, I, I strike that reverse. Tell me a lot about tiny marketing because I love the idea and concept and I want to understand a, a lot more about what you mean when you're, when you say tiny marketing. Yeah. I'm talking to the tiny marketers. I'm talking to the small marketing departments that don't have a lot, a big team. They don't have a lot of resources and they need to figure out how to do what the big guys are doing efficiently right. and effectively. Right. Um, so I, I particularly do the content marketing piece of it, but I teach how to do all of it through processes and right. creating a really streamlined, systemized, automated system to constantly show up for your audience, add value. And for me, content marketing and press like this are the only things I do to sell. Everybody right. comes inbound from it. So the content engine is the selling engine too. Right. Talk a little bit more about the inbound side of it, because in many instances, marketing is talking about going out and getting people and going the other direction. But I, I love the approach and I love the concept. So expand a little bit more on yeah. the inbound side of things. Yeah. So as I was saying before, I think of marketing as a teacher. As a marketer, your goal is to be a teacher and teach your customer how to solve their problem. And through that process, you build trust with them. You build value and the selling's done. 
the selling is done through the content. They've already decided that you can solve their problem. They've already decided that they like you. They they vibe with your personality and they've already decided they trust you by the time they approach you. And as long as you have, you make it easy to know what they can buy from you and how you can serve them, then it's going to run for itself. Everybody will just be coming in through your through your scheduler and through referrals. That's wow. 100% of my business is that way. I love that. And, and it's so organic and it's so, uh, I don't know, maybe for lack of a better term, natural, like it's not. Yeah. It feels good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And y- through this process, you're going to naturally attract and repel people. You will sure. attract the people that are the right clients and you're going to repel the people who would end up being red flags anyway. Right. Talk a little bit more about the repel part. I mean, I know a lot of companies and businesses are afraid to repel anybody. They're like, I've got to take any business I can get and I don't want to repel or turn anybody away. So talk a little bit more about that side of it, because I think it's super important. Yeah. I mean, for every, anybody out here who has worked with a client who ended up, you know, not paying their invoices, not responding to emails, arguing with you over little things, not trusting you, it's because you attracted the wrong person. You need to use your content marketing to repel people to be real, show your actual personality (laughs) and just be authentic. So people understand you as a person and anybody who's not vibing with you, they're going to go work with someone else. And that's a good thing. Right. You want them to, because they'll end up being bad customers anyway. Right. That's a hard thing to do when you're scrapping, you know, if we have any uh, startups out there that are listening, or if we have any newer entrepreneurs, it is a hard thing to, to sit there and say, yeah, I'm going to chase away these customers that aren't uh, my ideal customers. But I think it's super important and it is a valuable uh, lesson to learn in business is that you're, you're better off with the customers, like you said, that you vibe with and that you're, you're in line with because they'll, end up being uh, much more of an asset to you and your company long-term. Plus they're going to get more value out of what you're actually delivering to them anyway. And just think of the stress of when you have a bad client, you could just have one bad one. Oh my gosh. And your shoulders are up to here. You're stressed all the time waiting for that Slack message or that email from them saying that something was wrong. You don't want that. And it's not necessarily chasing away customers. It's just that by being you, that you're going to attract people who like you and who will be a good fit for you. Right. I love that. The opportunity for people to work with you is uh, at hand. So please share with us and them, how they can get in touch with you, how they can learn more about working with you and and getting involved because you have something really cool here and something really great that people can take advantage of. And uh, what's the best way for them to to get in touch and learn more and get you on board? Thank you. Um, Well, they can find me anywhere at Sarah Noel Block, my full name. Um, That's my website and that's where I am on social. And then um, 
well, I teach classes on content marketing but and workshops, but I also do content production. So I work with a lot of brands doing the actual content production and strategy nice. for them. Nice. So is it always full service or can they come to you for just one of these things and get in or is it the whole package? No, it's a whatever you need. So there's strategy if that's the phase you're in. Or if you need complete production, that's fine too. There's different levels of service. Amazing. Okay. Well, we have your links. If you want to get in touch and you want to go and learn more, you can look at the description. All the links will be there, all the ways to get in, in touch and uh, and be able to get involved and get some marketing going if you haven't, or at least uh, come and find out more. I mean, there's so much stuff and and... You know, based on what we talked today about, you can't not be doing this stuff, guys. You can't not be doing this. You need yeah. to get in. You need to get involved. And Sarah's a great place to start and or to fix maybe some of your other challenges that you've I had along the way. There's <laughs> a big fixing component. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it comes about a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us in our audience and uh, exciting to have you here. And I wish you all the best as you move forward and everybody out there, go look up Sarah. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.